Delois, and I am coming to y'all from beyond the grave. I die, I'm damn dying of boredom. I can't take it. This episode, God, I mean, a lot happened and, and nothing happened, and that's how it's been going. So I had to give myself something to be excited about tonight, and so I gave myself a, a little guest. When this show is not going to do it for me, I will... I will take the reins. I will do it for myself. Um, and y'all, I'm so excited about this guest. This person uh, actually happens to be my bachelor um, upline, which is the person who got you into the bachelor is your bachelor upline. The people that you get into the bachelor is your bachelor downline. So we have my, my motherfucking bachelor upline is here. He's so funny. He got me into the bachelor comedian, improviser. What's up, Chris True? Hi, I'm really excited to be here. Uh, just a quick question. Is this the right time for me to plug my Seniors Looking for Love podcast? Or should I wait till the end? <laughs> no, I'm starting a Bachelor Seniors Looking for Love podcast. Okay, yeah, maybe like once here and once at the end. Okay, this cool. Stay in everybody's minds. Chris, how does it make you feel when you kind of like watch me, um, I don't know, just sort of like be miserable all the time because of the show? And Do you ever look at me and you're like, I, I did this? I do, unfortunately, and I I apologize to you and to myself for that. Yeah. It's it's been rough. It's I I've had a love hate relationship with this show, it, you know. But what's new, right? Yeah, when you got me into this, I said I remember saying like it's gonna make me so mad. I'm gonna hate it, aren't I? That's why I keep holding off because I know I'm gonna hate it. And you were like, yes, but you'll hate it in a fun way. And then since then, I've sort of like hated it in a fun way, and now kind of like hate it for real sometimes. It's like the more you start to really like it, the more you'll hate it in the long run. Yeah. It's, you know, when I first got into The Bachelor, I, I think you remember this, but I used to watch it. I, I mean, genuinely watch it. This is not, I'm not like, it wasn't an ironic thing. I genuinely watched it, but it was always by myself. But I would always keep like a, um, like a notepad and a pen next to me and it would just inspire stand-up material never about the bachelor i wasn't mm -hmm, like writing mm -hmm, jokes mm -hmm. that only bachelor nation would get it just inspired weird one-liner type things so it was like it was a muse for a while for me and then it just it ran out and it's been bad ever since it's but i still watch every single second yeah it's not like we're gonna stop watching so chris one thing i have really been enjoying is um you know i record right after watching the episode so i kind of like starting off the podcast like sort of like in a very specific emotional space that the episode actually put me in so before we kick this off this recap and I got some questions for you along the way how are you feeling right now like what's your feeling at the outset you just came off of watching this episode live not live you know <laughs> well it feels like it was a colossal waste of time <laughs> but I'm all but I also I, 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 you know, I'm glad I did it. I, I feel, I feel embarrassed. Mm. I feel a little bit embarrassed, mm -hmm. and like I want, um, I want the show to get on the road. You it know, keeps kind of feeling like it's not really on the road because well, they keep adding the way they are adding people, which I understand mm -hmm. it as a device, you know, to inject drama. But it, it feels like at, from the viewer, it feels like we keep pulling over to get snacks at the gas station. And we got somewhere to be. Yeah. And you know who's not taking us there? Heather in her fucking minivan. No. That's the first thing. We should have known. That was the first fucking thing we saw in this episode. 
We should have known it was all going to be that fucking stupid. You also should have known, we all should have known, that because that was the first thing we saw in this episode, that it would not be resolved until next week. Yeah, yeah, Nothing yeah. Nothing damn yeah. happened. I have a question about that really quick for sure, you. Sure, sure. Is it, because she drove herself to the mansion or to the hotel, is it difficult, I know it's not impossible to drive in an evening gown, but it seems really, uh, like, trying, like, difficulty levels high. She was driving in an evening gown. Hard or not hard? I would say not hard, not hard to drive in an evening gown, but the shoes that you're probably wearing, if you're wearing an evening gown, uh-huh. are hard. Okay. So I would just, I would just take those puppies off. Heard that. You know, so I don't know what she did, but yeah, we should have known it was bad at the top. Um, and, and right away, we're back where we left off last week. We've got this one-on-one with Jasenia and MJ. And Matt comes in to deliver, you know, the daddy address, right? He's got to, like, he's really got to get in there and mediate and feel like, and find out, like, what's going on with these women. Hand out some punishment. <laughs> really you know, my does. two daughters have been going at each other. And daddy doesn't like you. I know, I know. Okay, but here's the thing: like every, I, I, I keep putting out requests for someone to splice together. Um, this is a splice request. <laughs> <laughs> splice request for all of Matt's entrances into the room because I, I said on a previous episode, and I just keep noticing it. You know, like whatever is the opposite of lighting up a room when someone enters it, like, that's what Matt is doing. Every time, whether he's, I mean, tonight he's, like, he's coming in to, to be a disciplinarian, and he comes that in that way the same as when he's happy. It's all the fucking same. Totally. And when he came at the end of the episode, I, I, I know we're not jumping around too much, but, when we, but just to make this point, at the end of the episode, when he came in and he seemed kind of happy, actually sort of happy, everyone really noticed it in a really big way that was <laughs> so uncomfortable where it was like okay so this dude looks disgruntled most of the time i know i know kit said he just yeah they were like he's so he looks so happy today and kit said he just lit up the room nope it's like by no stretch of the imagination did this man <laughs> light up a room chris you are uh an extremely prolific performer the most prolific performer anyone's ever fucking met uh, very high energy um, and very accomplished. Could you give Matt some like pointers? Like, if you were coaching him, what would be the first kind of things that you would address with him for like max impact? Okay, him specifically. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I like, would be like specifically drop... like entering the room. Yeah. Okay, first I would say drop the laugh. Drop the laugh. <laughs> I don't believe a single time you've ever laughed on this show. But I think I would tell him, uh, and also thank you by the way for the kind words. Um, yeah. <laughs> I would tell him like, okay, before you walk into the room start talking to like nobody so that when you walk into the room you walk in like mid-sentence because it feels like he's really bad at starting anything yeah yeah he can't start anything (laughs) so he needs to like start in the middle of everything he possibly does yeah you know how like you know how um backstage at tony robbins like before tony robbins goes out he's like jumping on a trampoline and uh-huh. like doing like a pole vault back there or whatever they're like dropping into like a freezing cold pool and like then going on stage i feel like some of those tactics is like bring those to matt that's who needs them yeah he he, he needs a const- to constantly be warmed up by like a guru yeah he needs help <laughs> he needs help nice guy needs help big time 
Okay, so we're at this one-on-one. MJ and Jacenia are seated, you know, directly across from each other uh, to the inch, I think. And, I, I mean, the things that they, they say a lot back and forth and they also, like, don't say anything. So I feel like I'm, like, not even... I don't even remember it. I'm not even interested. Chris... What I'm more curious about is like, how does this play out? If you're if you're imagining yourself like in the man's shoes, how does this play out for you? Two women in conflict over you, hot or not? Not hot. Not hot. What do you do about it? What do I do about it? I try to be a good listener and um, and yeah. I guess not be a damn daddy about it. Yeah. Like I really do think that he has he has dad big brother energy with a lot of these women which i don't think is a good look for a show about finding your spouse and every time he's in a situation like this it just highlights his weaknesses even more and i would have sent them if if it were actually his choice Mm -hmm. if it were you know if, if, if he was making the call full stop I, I think he should send them both home and not even really talk to them. I would send Chris Harrison in there and be like, tell them they're both leaving. Yeah. Because there's just, there's just no way, like, like um, uh, just, what's her name? Justinia. Uh, Justinia, who's, who, who stuck around. Like, I feel like she has absolutely no shot at all. The longest shot in the board, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I, I feel like that's the only way to do it. The only, uh, yeah. Otherwise, you're just stuck in the middle trying to trying to figure it out. You gotta squash it. You gotta squash it. Squash it and move on. No no weak bitch moments. Yeah. Did you like, how did you feel about that? MJ, MJ really had like a come to Jesus moment with herself internally. She said, I had a weak bitch moment, but I'm back. So, okay, so, I had not ever heard of that before. Yeah. Those are those are two fairly common words and I think putting them <laughs> together it I think it, I think as much as we don't like MJ, yeah. I know you don't like MJ. This is an mm-hmm. anti MJ podcast. Mm-hmm. Always has been. Um I think that that was a really that that was the greatest possible moment she could have had in a situation that she was in. There's it's entirely possible that there is a lot of um Memes, t-shirts, dish rags, mm-hmm. all with weak bitch moments, uh, or whatever, you know, weak, weak bitch, weak, weak bitch paraphernalia being created right now, mm-hmm. if there wasn't already, I think it's a good move for her. Yeah. She's, she's a shoe in for paradise, by the way. I know, She's I know. an absolute shoe in for paradise. They've already, they were already figuring miserable. out how to put seashells in her hair for the intro oh, sequence. yeah, yeah. They can't <laughs> fucking wait. They can't wait. Yeah, totally. Chris. <laughs> Now that you know what a weak bitch moment is, can you look back at your life and and this shit? Do you think you had any weak bitch moments that you can think of? I think I have at least one for every year of my life. Oh wow! Yeah, so you know, sixteen, I had my uh, I had to get my mouth wired shut from reconstructive jaw surgery, mm. and I threw up. I threw up while my mouth was wired shut, and I cried. And my mom had to put a suppository inside of me. As a young adult, my mom had to put a pill in my butthole. That was a weak bitch moment. It was unfair. That was a weak... Yeah, yeah. And it was a strong bitch moment for my mom. Yeah. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. That's the moment that all weak bitch moments need to measure themselves against. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. much... Plus wow. or minus a 16-year-old suppository. Yeah, yeah. Man, so, okay... So MJ goes home, and Jacenia 
dude, she like fucking walks in and gets like a fucking hero's return. It's like she just fucking fought World War Two. Yeah. And like might as well hoist her up on their shoulders and like parade. Oh my god, I hated it. I hated it. It was like she went to battle against whoever the current enemy. And I, you're like, you're right. I don't like MJ, but it's like whoever the current enemy is. And she came back a lot. I, you know, I fucking hated it. Yeah, it's a bad look all around. So it's like, you know, in like in football, when someone like is antagonizing someone and then that someone responds, that person gets a penalty. When you look, when you look back on it, it's like, well, this person was clearly instigated by this person. Like The Bachelor is like that times 10 and you lose track of who started it because it, when she came back at that welcome, it was almost like, don't cheer for this because because now you are now you're flipping you're flipping the dynamic now you're making it seem like we're all ganging up on mj when the whole thing was mj shouldn't be ganging up on these other people so it just keeps regenerating the drama regenerates on itself and it's like wait you lose track of who who's at fault for this right so it was a bad moment it's sort of like in in first grade um andrew green famous uh famous bully famous elementary school bully um said called me a butt and so my best friend called him a butthole and then she got a yellow slip and what he happened got, to him he got fucking nothing wow see yeah it's exactly like that it's exactly like that it's like okay you whatever totally uh okay so not here for it after after mj goes home after jesenia gets this hero's return of course matt is exhausted from <laughs> from having one conversation he decides to cancel the cocktail party and go right for the rose ceremony now chris when this is like used sparingly it can be a good kind of dramatic ploy right at this point do you feel like this is played out canceling the cocktail party is like it's too much an option now to be like shocking that they're kind of like breaking the the show it's shocking when there is a rose ceremony and i don't <laughs> think it's shocking that that's my take on this yeah it's really it's really getting very very much out of hand you can't screw with the foundational elements of the show this much and expect your audience no matter how dumb or tapped out they are you can't expect them to go with you every single time who truly how many people let's let's just say to make it easy let's say 100 people watch the show tonight mm -hmm. i know it was way more but just for measurement's sake mm -hmm. how many of those people do you think like gasped or had a reaction to there not being a rose ceremony um maybe one Maybe one who's never seen the show before. Yeah, who's never seen the show before. I mean, yeah, I would say at most five, and it's people who are who are not familiar with the show. Yeah, yeah. So it's like we do have to keep in mind members of Bachelor Nation. We have to keep in mind that that the show is not necessarily. It's like pro wrestling, where it's like the show is not necessarily made for people who have been watching it forever. Yeah. The audience constantly refreshes, and so they have to reintroduce the tropes and they reintroduce the the gimmicks and so yeah. for people like us it's like duh i roll and that happens in other arts you know as well it happens all the time in pro wrestling and really the bachelor is kind of like pro wrestling but that's another podcast yeah yeah it does feel like it does feel like people cycle out of watching the bachelor at the same rate that people cycle in yeah. So it's sort of this this static number. And the people who are who never leave it are just so in it doesn't fucking matter 
how bad the show is. Because our brains are sick, maybe. Maybe our brains are sick. Yeah, rewind to the very beginning of this episode to see what I'm talking about. Yeah. We keep watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the rose ceremony happens, and it's like, okay, Brittany goes home. Okay, Maggie goes home. Okay, Ryan goes home. Ryan, Rianne, I don't know. Okay. I Look, they, they were nice girls. Nice girls. You know, nice girls who were all thinking girls. about maybe perfectly starting to girls. fall in love with Matt. Yeah, yeah. But just weren't starting to feel like they were thinking that soon enough. Right. You know? Um, yeah. I, I feel bad that Britney's short time on the show was so ugly. Um, but, yeah. I, I, what can you really say? I didn't even know her name. Although I felt bad for Ryan because she did say, um, before going into the rose ceremony, she said, I don't know if I've ever been so scared or anxious in my whole life yeah it's really terrifying to wonder if a man you haven't spoken to a single time is going to keep you around on a yeah. show where he's trying to find his wife yeah so okay so they go home they go home um in the next morning they're all in their cozy clothes right uh, and, and we get a one on one and it goes to Piper we find out Piper's got the one on one and almost immediately after, you know, after the rose ceremony, after these three have gone home, Serena C just really, like, turns and starts to go after Katie for reasons that are uh, kind of still unclear, except for that we know that Serena C at this point has to, I mean, she must know that she's not going to win. And so with those three gone, she's like, got to kick it up a notch. Got to start some drama before I head out. Yeah, it's classic. What am I going to be known for? And then it's like, okay, if I'm going to be the bad guy, then how bad can I get? How memorable can I get? And I'm not saying this was all coming from her own brain. I'm, it's coming from who knows who's influencing her or mm. the show's history, having an influence on her or whatever. But yeah, this just totally... A kind of an unbelievable little uh, argument. Not unbelievable, like amazing. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like, I did not believe it. Her claim was that Katie is like a part of every single dramatic situation and like would insert herself. But that doesn't, I mean, look, Bachelor Nation is all Queen Katie right now. And I don't, I don't disagree. I, I really like Katie, but I also think it's useful to like, yeah, critique like, what she's doing kind of in more down-to-earth terms, which are also positive. Like, like, yes, Queen Katie, but also, like, I don't know, every single time someone stepped to her, like, she just really remains cool and solid. And, like, I think that's so tight, you know? She really, like, yeah, this is a, this is a tough environment, and she really toughs it out. Yeah, I'm, I, I did not know that Bachelor Nation was all up on Katie right now. That's that's good. I, I'm not mad at that. I've been I, I'm big on Katie as well. You know, when I was in college, I thought I was the only person who liked Coldplay because they had just came out, mm. and I, I heard them on my college radio station. And then I found out that they were actually a really huge band, and I didn't feel bad. I was like, I actually still like them, and that's how I feel about Katie right now. I didn't realize that everyone was up in her, but I like her. Yeah. What's your favorite Coldplay song? It's uh, it was yellow for a long time. I'm not afraid to say that. Yeah, it's funny because you're wearing a yellow T-shirt right now too. So sort of a fun visual gag for me personally. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, also a scientist. Yeah, you know, I'm wearing a lab coat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, okay, so 
the way that the way that sort of the alliances are shifting, people are turning on each other. I mean, you almost get whiplash because it's been so fucking fast and gnarly. It's it's it reminds you of Survivor, right? Like these three women head out, and now everybody's got to shift and find a new tactic and go for somebody else and pair up. What do you think about that? Yeah, I love the comparison. Big Survivor head over here. I I wish there was more of it, but I wish it was more trackable. Like I wish, it, but, but it's, it's funny. I'm all, I almost just said I wish the show was longer so we could see those things. <laughs> I do no, not want no, the show no, to be no. longer. ABC, do not listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> but I. I do wish there was more room for talk like that instead of maybe we can replace all the times the girls and the guys when it's the other way around just say things like you know this rose is going to be the the biggest one or you know I think it could go either way I think that she could go home or she could not go replace all that with a private conversation between you know Nicole and Jessica or whoever (laughs) you know who are like plotting something and having some sort of strategy. So if you think about this in terms of uh, Survivor, who would you say is sort of like getting what edit right now? Like who, who, yeah. I would say, ooh, I'm bad with names. Um, uh, Abigail? Abigail. Yeah. I would say Abigail. Abigail. <laughs> what? Abigail. <laughs> what did I say? Abigail? Abigail. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. I would say Abigail. <laughs> I did it again. I said it again. Yeah. I would say Abigail. Yeah, yeah. Abigail is that's better. I get. I see it now. Yeah. I hear it. Yeah. I would say Abigail is getting a uh, a here to the end type of edits. You know, in Survivor, mm-hmm. when someone starts to kind of fall out in the middle of the show and they just be less involved, I would say Abigail is getting that. And um, yeah, that's my big one. That's my big one. I would say more, but I, I'm so bad with names, and I wish that I were creating a different reality right now. But the truth is that I'm bad with names, and I don't have time to manifest me being better at them on this podcast. <laughs> okay, so then we get into a uh, quick segment, which ended up being my favorite, actually, of the whole show. And that was, um, we get... Heather rolling up in the white van uh, to the security guard... Um, who says this is not open to the public right now? And she says, Doing his job, doing his job. Yeah, yeah, great work so far. Everything perfect so far. She says, Okay, well, is there any way I can get in there? And he says, Uh, let me, I gotta call someone. (laughs) I mean, this sounded to me like this was like, bad actors in porn when they like when they're really bad actors and they have to improvise their own lines yeah if (laughs) if this technique worked at like rock shows you know it it would be a night backstage would be a complete nightmare you know how many people would just be like like oh i know that person like sorry there's something you can do about it like well is there anything i can do about it they're like well let me find out yeah like no and that's what we're so i mean that's kind of this is the crux of it right like I think that I think that like the bachelor asks a lot of us and and to a certain extent like we we lovingly go there with all of our hearts mm. you know with open hearts we're willing to go a long way with them so when they shove this like bullshit ass phony you know acting down our throats and we're supposed to believe that this is Organic, then it's like well don't ins- I mean don't insult me yeah you know? the problem is that they just got 
they must have gotten some good feedback, unfortunately, about their cute little credit jokes. And they're, they are convinced, you watch a Bachelor um, reunion finale, they are convinced that people just cannot wait to see the bloopers. I'll, I will say, the bloopers aren't all bad, but blooper culture is very bad. And the blooper culture has seeped into the rest of the editing bay for mm. this franchise. And now they do really dumb stuff like that where they think they're like, I, I think that they think they're being funny. I don't think that, I don't, I don't think that they, that, that, that bachelor producers are like, this will pass for, for, for how we get Heather in here. I think that they often are like, this is going to be so funny. And so when they when they show Chris Harrison like like shaking his head back and forth and putting his arms up in like disbelief, I think that they they're doing that on purpose. And it's unfortunate that blooper culture has 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 done this to this show. But that's like what I feel like. I mean, that's sort. My point still stands. Like oh, I totally. still feel insulted that they. Then I feel insulted that they would think that I, I would think that was funny. Yeah, know? absolutely. I did not mean that as like a replacement or justification for what you're saying. It, it, you're right. You're totally right. It's just yet another thing that is um, that is confusing about this stupid ass show that we stupid can't get ass enough of. Show. Okay. Um, so. Boy, oh boy. Okay. So Piper has the one-on-one date. And Chris, you were really looking forward to talking about their conversation in the car when their attempts at humor, when Matt said, do you know what you do in the woods? And she said, uh, get mauled by a bear. And he joked back, uh, I didn't want to tell you, but actually, yeah, you guessed it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. So he, may I? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. He took that. Okay. So let's break this joke down. She <laughs> said that, like that was her joke. Yeah. That was oh, her yeah. joke. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not standing for the joke in any way. I think j- joke-wise, it's fine. It's not bad. It's not good. It's fine. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But then the way that he absorbs it and then tries to like barely reformat it and present it back to her like it was his joke is really is a really bad look. I mean, people do this all the time, men and women to each other, but I also, like a man doing it to a woman on national TV is possibly the <laughs> worst look, It can the worst version of it. And then he was, and then he just heard, did that dumb laugh. I really have a problem with this man's laugh. Yeah, yeah. I have a problem with his laugh. Yeah, I, don't, I don't buy it at all. Yeah. And he just, he took it as, a, he made it his own joke. And then putting her in a strange position to laugh at, at her, his, at his yeah. joke, which was her joke, and then, then I and I bet she probably thinks that, that like that probably affected whether or not she thinks he's funny. But all he did was repeat her joke. I know, I, I know. It, it seems like he it seems like he kind of like gets into these. He drops the conversational ball a lot and, and and ends up sounding like this. So what would you say about? I mean. Your, your improv training, what would you say to Matt? Like, how could he, like, better utilize his conversational tool belt? <laughs> yes. Okay, so the most, like, the basic, the basic building block of improv is you yes and to people. The yes is accepting what they say is real. Like, you heard it, and the and is building on top of it. What he did was barely a yes. Mm-hmm. It was basically mm-hmm. saying, yes, that's what you just said that. If he if he were to be more if he were to yes and more, 
he would have added to the joke and then maybe she would have added to the joke and then they would have actually had a back and forth like fun gameplay that would have brought them closer probably given them some sort of uh, secret language inside joke type stuff mm-hmm. but instead it was just her joke repeated poorly forcing her to react to her own joke also this is all in the same uh <laughs> this all is related but matt has no game i've been saying this all season long yeah you got on top you were all over that one matt has no game and this is just the this is proof this Mm -hmm. is this is this is pudding this is big time pudding right here (laughs) right where the proof is you know (laughs) yeah he does not like he I, i really feel like if these women were hanging out with him at a party and if like you get through the first like the first layer of like Oh, he's really attractive, and he's got like a good smile, and he's like very inviting. It's like cool, check, check, I'm in. But once you start talking to him, unless you were in the mode of being like, I want to like, like I'm here for tonight, like we're just having fun. Unless that was your mode, I I think that quickly you would be like, this dude is. I do not want to keep talking to this man. Yeah, <laughs> he's not gonna yeah. have anything charming to say tomorrow morning. He's not gonna have any. He's gonna be probably really bad at texting too. Can yeah. I drop that right now? Oh yeah, yeah. Whoa, that, I'm gonna stand back. Yeah. I think Matt James <laughs> might be the worst texter in like shit, in like recent Bachelor shit, history. Shit. Like, what do you think he does? Like, I think he ha ha. I, I think he a lot of ha ha. I think he does. He asks a lot of questions, mm-hmm. and he does whenever he's asked questions. He it's like. One word, two word answers, and never, never again, never building on the conversation. This dude needs to take an improv class. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it. It, it sounds like not taking improv classes is, is pretty high stakes, right? You could the per, the person who's supposed to be the love of your life, you could pass them up because they don't think you're funny. Yeah. Damn, I, I didn't know it was that serious, but I guess so. Okay, so they go on this night date. It's a carnival. Oh, it's a carnival. Would not get on a single one of those rides. Absolutely not. I wouldn't get on them when they come through town and the 16-year-olds smoking weed are operating them. I wouldn't get on one. I definitely wouldn't get on one here. Are you kidding me? Wait, I just realized something. Yeah. In, in previous episodes of this season, they had a random man who was like the commentary or like on the golf course or like in the paintball. Oh, you're talking about the security guy who timed Tasha and fucking oh. I, uh, uh, Ivan's kiss in the Sorry. tub. Well, the, that too, but the, uh, I think there was a handful of times, I thought it was in this season as well, apologies if, I, if, I'm, if I'm off on this, but I feel like there's been, people have been present that were unexplained appearances, mm-hmm. and like, I can't believe that whoever that was didn't get any screen time at, at this, because this is like prime spot for like carnival weirdness like why wasn't there someone operating the ride wasn't why wasn't there someone standing there who was like handing them the the stuffed animals or telling them what games it just seemed like a missed opportunity and and it made it even more unbelievable not unbelievable amazing unbelievable Unbelievable. right right. is there a better word for that (laughs) stupid stupid Well, this whole night is stupid. I feel like Matt, um, I feel like they keep doing dates that I would have a really hard time, like, pretending to have a good time on. You know? Like, it's like, you're going to go in the scrambler and, like, 
have to fucking fake that you're loving life. Like, I would be barfing, you know? That's not fun. That's not sexy. But here's what I want to talk about. I am fucking, I'm livid, dude. I need to talk about, this is the part of the date that I need to talk about. So they have the whole place to themselves. They appear to be playing, they appear to be playing whatever the water gun game is. And Matt says, we're the only ones here. We get the prizes we want. So I'm saying that is absolutely fucked. You can't do that. I think there are probably there are probably two types of people in the world. Like if you were by yourself at that carnival and you would help yourself to whatever prizes you wanted, or if you're a good person and you would refuse to take a fucking carnival prize that didn't belong to you. You didn't earn like the whole the whole vibe of the carnival prize is that you got it playing. It's not because you actually want the pink dragon or whatever. Like, it's not that cool. It's that you got it playing. And they just climb over the fucking boards. Yeah, not only that, but she said which one she wanted. And she picked the only one that was a one of one. Like, everything else was like there was a bunch of them. And so it was, it, to me, it looked like she was told to pick that one. I don't know the significance of it, but it was like she pointed it out. He went and got it, and then she said, "Aw," like he picked it, like he won it, or that he picked it out when neither one of those things happened. Yeah, and also, isn't it weird that like if they can get the prizes that they want, he still has to like get it for her? Like I know there's like the valiant thing of like, oh, you win a you win a stuffed animal for your girl at the fair. But it's like, they can have whichever ones they want, and he still has to, like, climb whatever. It's like, get two ones. Get fucking, you know? Like, you all yeah. can't both have your ones. I do wonder, I want to try and have some grace right now in uh, my, in some understanding. That's big of you. In that's my heart. Yeah. I do wonder, so last season, there was a lot of forgiveness and understanding when it came to uh, the dates and the activities, it was like, okay, they, they're at a Best Western or wherever they were, you know, La Quinta. Mm -hmm. So they are, uh, you know, they're trying their best. I feel like there's a little bit less forgiveness in this season when they're really under the same exact circumstances, just a different location. So, so looking back at the carnival, it's like, okay, they probably did all they could do, I guess. And looking back at my own take from earlier, it's probably why there wasn't carnival characters around because it had been more people to have on set but yeah it is uh, regardless it is weird it's it's um like him climbing over the thing and her loving that and the the whole thing was was really strange i wish that there was something that was like more um more cause and effect like like you have to climb this thing to get the to get this stuffed animal and so he still has to do something yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, take off his shirt or something. Yeah. You know? For sure. So, I, I mean, at least... <laughs> at least uh, at least the date ended with our other favorite fucking thing. The, the dance date. The concert date. The private concert date. The private concert date from... I looked them up, by the way, from the Temecula Road. Uh-huh. And they... That song, Everything I Love... I don't know if this is always the case because I never looked at these things up, but the song just came out. 
That's some synergy, y'all. Yeah. Song came out February fifth, two thousand twenty-one. I bet it did. Oh I my bet God. it did. So with these, di- I mean, they're they're scraping the bottom of the barrel, right? We don't know. They always are, but now like we're in quarantine, so yeah. I have one more fair thought, real quick. May okay. I? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just he said that uh, he thinks about the fair. 365 days a, a year he looks forward to it he said something oh my like God, that he did say that he yes. said i love the fair i look forward to it 365 days a year oh but also God. like i do think that if someone loves the fair i think that that is like just barely weird enough to be maybe a characteristic but i also think most people enjoy the fair so for to say oh me i love the fair and saying that as like, and so now you know something about me. It's like no, that's that's most yeah. people. That's not a specific thing. More yeah. Im, more improv stuff for Matt. He needs to learn how to be more specific with his wants and needs and <laughs> missions. Yeah, it's just not interesting to be to be like I love the fair. Well, how did you feel about um, how did you feel about the I love bowling, the bowling date. Well, of course he loved bowling. They were bowling. Yeah. I mean, that's what a boring person says. I know. He's a, he's know. He, he's not good. He's not he's uh, he's not a good he's not he's not a good lead, and he's bad bad at dating. Yeah. I love bowling. This is great. It's like giving this dude a present. He's like, oh, I love this. This is great. I love every you know, I love everything. It's it's like, come on, man. Yeah. So okay. So bowling is. Um, Bowling is a weird one too. That's another one that I I kind of find myself faking a lot. If you're really bad at it, which I am, uh, it's 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 like like you have to like kind of put on this show like you're like laughing at yourself and like having a great time like getting gutter balls and shit. And it's like it's not that fun. It's not that it's not even that it's not fun. It's just like not fun me. And you have to like do a performance of being cool like to show everybody that you are okay with like being bad at it it's like i actually don't care that i'm bad at it i just like have to fucking make you guys think that i'm having fun because the person that i want to fucking date will like kick me out immediately if i'm not smiling every fucking second right and the problem with bowling as a date i think bowling is is like can be fun and charming in the right circumstances i'm also Mm -hmm. not any good at bowling but i think the problem with bowling as a social activity in this situation like this is there's there's only so many possible outcomes. It's like it's like and to make it even more general, it's like you get a gutter ball, you get you hit some pins, you hit all the pins but one, and so you get like a ooh, or you get a strike. It's like there's four possible yeah. outcomes. <laughs> yeah. Like there's no difference between hitting two, three, and four pins. You know, so it's like yeah. there's just so there's not very many possible things that can happen. So your bank of reactions is so limited. Yeah, and 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 then of course, like, and then when he invites the losers to the cocktail party too, it's like everything you're saying, and then there's also no stakes. You know what I mean? Like the people who won got the same thing as the people who lost. Again, Matt needs to take an improv class because yeah. you would learn to raise the stakes and scenes <laughs> to make us care. Can I say something about the bowling? One more thing. Yeah, you did, must. Did y'all notice how light the trophy was? The no. trophy was tall. Yeah, yeah. And Chris Harrison but, was holding it with one hand. It looked like his left hand. Well, Chris Harrison's very strong. Well, I get, I and get hunky. that. I get that he's hunky, but dude was wa- waving it around. Yeah, yeah. Handed it to the girls with ease. 
and you know this is no commentary on the individual girls' arm strength, but they were waving it around like it was like like very very hollow. To me, it was just. So what's your gripe? Your gripe is that they didn't uh, get it made out of. I mean, yeah. Like, what do you think they should have done? (laughs) What do you think? (laughs) Well, okay. Well, first of all, I I always I can't help it. I I done a fair amount of production work on uh, it's been a long time so I can't help but notice and and I was also in the art department so I can't help but notice when props are you know have this um, carry this air of importance but then there's something really obviously not important about it like like to the production like if this if it was all about the trophy and look you're winning the trophy (laughs) then you're 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 a network a monstrous network reality show don't go, don't send a PA to a dollar store and tell them to glue together a couple of old trophies or go to a thrift store. It's like, go to a trophy store. They have those. Yeah, or go don't a, feature, yeah, exactly. Or don't do it. Right, it's like, we didn't ask for the trophy. It could have been anything. Yeah. Don't feature the trophy. And, and I guess in their defense, that this trophy in particular was not featured prominently. I just noticed it, but they often, they often say like, and it's all about this. Like it's the, you know, it's whatever. It's the, it's the bachelor bowl, you know, Coat of arms, or whatever the hell it is, you know, it, 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 they make it look like it's a, it's big and important, and it, and it always looks like shit. Yeah, looks I like think shit. the way the to the way to do bowling, and this is like on the show. This is what I actually think in real life. So I think that they should take my favorite suggestion, which is that if you're going bowling in like a date situation, be on the same team. Mm, love it. Be on the same team. Love you it. You know. I love it. I love that. What if it was like, okay, we're all going to add our scores together, and if we get whatever the number is, 2,000, then I kiss every single one of you. Yeah. You yeah. Know? How about build everybody up? Build everyone up. Tear people down. Okay, so I've saved a lot of my energy for this last part because I think that, I think we got to go, we got to go buck wild on this because something buck fucking wild happened on this show. And that is, okay, we love Katie getting one-on-one. We love it. We love it. What is the one-on-one to go to do? The much-anticipated Tyler C. makes his guest appearance on the episode. He thinks that he's getting a massage at the hotel. And little does he know, it's actually part of Matt and Katie's one-on-one date. Yeah, little does he know, it's a impractical jokers <laughs> segment. Yeah, when he exp- when Matt explains the date to her, I what were you feeling? Like he he <laughs> he said something really off the wall where he said like he said my he said my best he said he's getting a massage and we're gonna. It's like, I can't ruin wait to, it. I can't wait to, to torture my best friend with you today it. or something like that. He said, ruin. we're going to ruin his massage. And then later afterwards, yeah, he did say, um, having Katie by my side torturing my best friend was incredible. <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite line. Yeah. This was a really, okay, I, I, I think the potential for this, the ceiling for this concept is fairly high. As a date, though, not great. Katie was doomed, you know, my bachelor, my, my, my bachelor insider knowledge, you know, um, was like, okay, Katie is getting friend zoned in a major way right now. This is classic, like, let's go and do a non-hot, playful thing, mm. and then in the end I'm going to realize, you know what, that's just what we're built for. We're built to 
to do playful things like this, and there's no there's no spark, which uh, is complete bullshit. It's just an out. It's a classic out for the man. And uh, I think I think I think bachelorettes do it too, but this is this is really a big time bachelor thing. Yeah, and don't you think it? Kind, I mean, it just seems like kind of counterintuitive because it's like. Even if you buy into this, like, this this soulmate and, like, one person twin flame concept, it's like, then that, per- if you buy into that, then that person should be the person that, like, you have the most fun with, right? Not the person that you just, like, kind of say the same platitudes at each other, you know, and, like, have kind of the same ones. Yeah, <laughs> like, and, you know... Matt, again, not boring, funny, boring. Yeah. needs to take an improv class. He was not utilizing the device in the proper way. They were just like giggling at the fact that there were cameras and they could see him. They were just like chuckling at the mere idea of passing on information to the masseuse. And they didn't feel like they ever took advantage of the situation. Yeah, I mean, they like they just told her things that are already things that you do in a massage. Yeah, like they pushed were like, really hard yeah. in his back. <laughs> I know they were like now up to his shoulders. It's like you're just telling her how to give a massage. He did say he did. What was the thing he said? He said, "Go towards his nipples." Yeah, well, she said that. She, Katie told him to uh-huh. told her, told the masseuse to play with his nipples, which was. That was like the, the the first big one, and I thought, oh my goodness, this is going to get really wild. I know. And then nothing else really happened. They just giggled a lot. I thought it was going to be like, you know that episode of Black Mirror where the guy and his friend make their video game characters have sex with each other, and it's yeah. like kind of like they're like, it's like the virtual reality thing, and they're having sex with each other. I thought that that's what we were getting because it was like it was big time vibes of that when Matt was telling the massage therapist what to do. Yeah, it, also because like, y'all are fucking each other. What it, it feels like it wouldn't. It's not that far fetched for the masseuse and Tyler to actually start fucking in that moment. <laughs> it's not that far fetched. I don't think so. You don't think you don't think it's that far fetched. No, I'm saying incredible like, take <laughs> coming in at the end of Bachelor Theory. Incredible theory we're being hit with right now. Wait, wait, are you saying that there's no way it would have happened? I think there was no way it would have happened. I think that it's possible. He knew, I mean, he knew that there was some kind of like filming going on. Otherwise, why would you leave your underwear on? He very clearly like knew you don't leave your boxers on when you get a massage. Oh, I don't think I knew that. I just think the whole, I mean, yes, he thought he was like getting a massage at the hotel. I don't think he knew what was going to happen, but I just think it was probably somewhere in the atmosphere that he was going to be filmed, even if it was just like, you know, some B-roll. Okay, maybe what I meant to say was that it would have been funny if they would have had sex. Yeah, okay. Uh, That would have been funny. Yeah, yeah. It entirely would have been like, jokes on you, I have a better relationship with this masseuse than you do with Katie, who you should have the best relationship with. Joke's on you, indeed. But actually, the joke's going to be on everyone, because Katie is going to be a bachelorette in the future. Sorry to spoil the future for y'all. Yeah. Okay, so here's what I really want to know, Chris, because this massage therapist was an actor who was hired for this gig. Um, 
if you're say say you're a performer of some kind okay if you see this casting breakdown are you gonna do it what are you doing yeah hell yeah okay so the casting breakdown is like need someone need to pretend to be to a be masseuse a, yeah you're gonna be coached by a boring person on ways to play a prank that's not actually a prank and it yeah. will last for two minutes and there will be no payoff like that's the casting breakdown uh-huh. i'm in it's also probably well i, I want to say they probably made a lot of money but then again the trophy's cheap so who the hell knows how much they're paying for stuff like this but then again they also had to quarantine for two weeks so they got to pay you to quarantine so oh yeah that per diem that per diem baby yeah i would do it regardless even if it was even if it was a hundred dollars i would do it what would you do instead of what Matt did? If you're in Matt's position, how do you play this prank out to its fullest potential? Okay, I would start off by coughing, and I would say something about like how I haven't been feeling well lately. I, what? You don't like that? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think I it. I think it. I. I. I think that the game is for Tyler to be like, to be like squirmy and be like, what, and get a reaction out of him. I think like pretending to be sick. I know it's fucked up, but I think it would be really funny. I think, I mean, pranks like that, that, like, work because, I mean, it's like, even if the person finds out after a few moments that it's fake, it's like, they still were scared for those few moments. That is and that's true. that's not fun. That is know? true. And it also, I, yeah, so I, I'll walk some of that back, but because it's also one of those things where it's like, you can't, like, just tell someone a lie, and then they react, and then you're like... I was just kidding. Right. Like, the, that's just a bad, like, type of joke. I mean, where I, where the meat and potatoes would be for me on this one would mm-hmm. be just saying really weird stuff. Like, I would, like, maybe I would, like, giggle a couple times or I would, like, tickle him a little bit or just, like, do stuff that would make him be, like, is this like, fucking real? Like, just off enough. Just off enough. Just off enough. Because to me, the humor is going to come from whatever he does, not whatever she does. Yeah. You're a good prankster. It's got to be just off enough. I agree. I like sticking my tongue out at kids on school buses. Yeah. Or just like making faces at them. They can't handle it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Chris, we're going to hike ourselves up by our bootstraps and get through the end of this fucking episode. Katie goes home. Boo. She goes home. It sucks. What does this dude want? What does he want? He has no idea. He wants to do he wants to do the best job he can do and he doesn't even know what the job is. It's really like I mean he's really similar I think to Peter and even Colton in that way like he really is responding so favorably to like it's it's just about like people being interested in him. He just likes the feeling which is like yeah, you like the feeling of validation when people are into you, you know? And I think like I think Katie's vibe was that she was, like, independent enough. Like, I don't know. She's too cool. Even though she, like, clearly expressed interest, but I think she, because she's not falling all over herself to, like, tell him, you know, how into him she is, I think he's, like, it's a miss. Yeah. sucks for him. Sucks for him. It does. It does. So, right, her downfall was not telling him how much she's into him i mean she, she did it in a way but she wasn't she did she wasn't saying i'm starting to fall in love with you or whatever right mm-hmm. i don't believe mm-hmm. those words came out of her right, mouth right they did come out of someone else's mouth tonight 
Serena P. Right, yeah. and I have thought And Piper this, also, yeah. I've thought this the past, you know, this thought has been bubbling up for me the past couple of seasons, but to me, it is a, it's official. It's officially crossed over. This was the most unbelievable I'm starting to fall for you that I think I've ever heard, and he no-sold it completely. Like, usually, you when you hear it, the lead, man or woman, mm-hmm. the lead has a moment of, like, deep breath, wow, like... A baby a little bit speechless and then a kiss when she did it and I don't think it's because he secretly doesn't like her I think he just doesn't know what to do because he's bad at the show and I also perhaps more than that in this case is that she shouldn't have said that like it was it was it was like sometimes they, when they say it it's like oh this is pure gameplay this is saving you for this week it didn't even seem like gameplay for her it just seemed like like so bland and so uninteresting and for a show that it is about people falling in love with each other when for for allegedly falling in love for those moments to be boring and hollow is really really bad it's kind of like that's why it's so frustrating right now it's sort of like how you know we kind of know that the fantasy suites are like off in this place to talk about difficult things uh you know money or logistics or who's gonna move where or politics or religion or whatever and and you're right like it's a show about watching people fall in love and i and and like having those real conversations with substance are absolutely like so compelling so fascinating you know like last season when we got ivan just dropping that bomb about like saying like when she said i know we're really different on religion and it's like, we didn't see any of that. It's like, we actually do want a show about people falling in love. And that's what's the most compelling. So when we get fed these, like, nothing things, it's like, no, we actually love the concept. We want to come along on this. It's like, Yeah, the problem is the show is far too popular to, to tackle any nuance that would be interesting to people who are actually interesting people. Yeah. That's the issue. And, you know, here's a free idea for ABC, uh, you could make an entire, like, like, like a second show, an entire show of like a lot of the raw footage that people like us, I think, would probably, I mean, I know you have been skeptical about adding more subscription channels to your life, but I bet <laughs> if you found out that there was like a raw footage Bachelor channel and it was 20 bucks, it'd be like, It'd be like a no-brainer. Yeah. And I think that there would be a lot of people who would be interested in that. And they just would never, they would never do it. They would never do that. Yeah. And it, the the show is just populated by, by so many uninteresting people. I mean, Heather showing up at the end in a, in a white wedding dress, essentially, um really makes you makes you feel like you know what kind of people these people are because that was so over the top and she walked straight to where he was which i think you know is the kind of thing that 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 counts i mean that's that is so over the top choreographed yeah yeah how do you where do we go from here um, I, we just, um, 
count to the uh, count the days to the season finale, and then uh, look forward to that. And then about three days after that, count the days to the season <laughs> premiere. I guess that's our only option. Yeah, yeah. But in the meantime, you know, we do have something else to look forward to. And if I may talk about it for a minute here. Um, Seniors looking for love. <laughs> uh, you know, they're casting for the show right now, and I have hours and hours of theories about this. Which, okay. You know, I know we don't have time Different for it right podcast, now, yeah. but I just wanted to say that um, be on the lookout for my Seniors Looking for Love podcast. Did everyone hear that? I wanted to have some seniors on the show, but none of them know how to work microphones. <laughs> so, but bear with me, y'all. Well, maybe then we'll finally get a show we actually like because this ain't it, fam. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the show that I fell in love with. Mm. Uh, this is, yeah, this is not a show that I want to continue watching. But as I do every week, I, you know, I finish watching the episode and then I take, I, I'm like very annoyed right now. Then tomorrow I'm a little less annoyed and so on until, you know, I, after it takes me six days to kind of like re-muster all my strength and then I begrudgingly watch it again yeah well glory be to you yeah well Chris thank you for keeping me company while I while I work on the fucking railroad which is doing a podcast about a show doing a podcast I don't have to do about a show I don't have to watch yeah, no problem. Uh, thanks for dragging me into this hellhole. I, 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 it's only fair. I dragged yeah. you into the show, and you're dragging me onto your podcast. So yeah, but I was happy to be here. Well, thank you so much to my personal bachelor upline, y'all. My name is Julia Deloitte, and this is Bachelor Series.